0: Lacey Nelson here with Nelson Management Strategies, and this is episode two of a four-part podcast on what to do about burnout. Recognizing burnout, which was last week's, and if you have not heard that one yet, please make sure that you go find that and listen to it. It's um, Am I Burning Out is the title, and it's going to set the stage for what we're going to dive into today, which is fixing burnout. So first you gotta be able to identify it, and then and then I also talked about three things that we can look at to fix it. And there are three simple but major pieces of the puzzle to fixing burnout. And today we're gonna to focus on sleep. Not very exciting, right? But how many of us feel like we don't get enough sleep? Now, what's interesting is when we start digging into the research and looking for how do we identify if sleep is a problem, so many of the symptoms of not sleeping enough overlap with symptoms of burnout. You're going to hear this in just a minute, but imagine it like a Venn diagram. I mean, 90% of the symptoms of not getting enough sleep overlap with symptoms of burnout. So as we talk about sleep and you hear some some strategies you can apply, I want you to think about making changes, not all at once, but little things that you can do and change your sleep routine, tweak it a little bit at a time and little changes made consistently over time will add up to a big change, and you're much more likely to stick with it than if you try to do a radical 180. Um, it's not gonna be most likely sustainable. So think about little things you wanna change, and little things over time done consistently add up to big things. So that said, let's dive into looking at the lack of sleep symptoms. If you're not getting enough sleep, How can you identify that it's a problem? First of all, a lot of people think that they're Superman or Superwoman and they don't actually need seven to nine hours a night. Well, I'm here to tell you that it is a tiny portion of the population that actually doesn't need seven to nine hours of sleep at night to operate at their optimum capacity. People that are getting by on four or five hours a night, there are a few genetic mutants out there that you can do that, Um, and if you are getting away with that and not experiencing these other symptoms, these these symptoms of lacking sleep congratulations but you're not the norm and those of us that that identify with hmm, I am experiencing these symptoms and I'm only sleeping four or five hours a night six hours a night we need to acknowledge hey maybe we didn't get that genetic code we need to listen to our bodies and figure out how to increase our sleep so let's talk about what those symptoms are to look for well Mind fog is a huge symptom of lack of sleep, right? There's a reason that in warfare, like, sleep deprivation is used as torture because it makes us feel like we're losing our minds when we don't sleep enough. Now it starts out as brain fog and actually short-term learning and what we learn during the day, short-term memory, is cemented while we sleep. So if you're having problems with remembering short-term memory things, you you may not be sleeping enough. You may not be giving your brain the chance to cement your learning during the day into permanent learning when you sleep confusion is a a symptom of brain fog as is reduced alertness and concentration forgetfulness and impaired judgment so all those are brain fog put into into different forms reduced alertness and concentration forgetfulness impaired judgment confusion all of those things are symptoms of brain fog another one is getting sick a lot having um Not enough sleep means that our T cell count goes down and our inflammation in our body goes up. And when our T cell count is down, we're not able to fight off viruses like we normally should be able to do. So we're getting sick more often and inflammation goes up. And so inflammatory diseases like heart disease and other inflammation related illnesses often go up when we're not sleeping enough. High blood pressure. There's some things to think about there. Another symptom of burnout, or of, I'm sorry, also of burnout, but definitely of lack of sleep, is that your workouts, uh, if, if you're exercising, they just feel impossible You have a slower reaction time. You have lower energy and endurance capacity. That distance you used to run no problem is feeling impossible or that weight that you used to lift multiple times. You can get it off the ground a few times, but you are just not yourself when it comes to your capacity and your endurance. Um, Also, just having the motivation to get to the gym can feel Like, it's just impossible. There's no way. The workout just feels way too hard. And another big sleep flag is that you are unhappy. You have, this is a big one, especially for me personally, um, an impaired regulation of emotion. So your highs are really high and your lows are really low. You're more irritable. um, You cry easier or you feel like you want to cry easier, things that normally would not stress you out, can put you over the edge. Um, you have your heightened, your stress response is heightened, and you are feeling complacent about a lot of things. Uh, things that used to bring you joy or get you excited, they don't anymore. And then finally, finally one of the big flags um, is struggling with weight. When we don't get enough sleep, our body can't recover the way it needs to recover, and it actually... Um, is correlated positively with a higher body fat percentage. So what happens is when we're hungry or when we're we're sleepy, we get hungry. We it disrupts our appetite and we start craving sugar because we want that stimulus to stay awake and if you have ever gone through a couple sleep deprived nights, you want that coffee and often you want the sugar in the coffee too. You want that sweet coffee or you want that candy to go along with it. And when you're living in a state of constantly not sleeping enough, it's easy for it to really derail your nutrition and your your eating habits. So All of those things are flags that you're not getting enough sleep. Okay, so at this point you're like, yeah, I know I don't get enough sleep. You didn't need to just spend like seven minutes telling me that. What do I do about not getting enough sleep? Well, there's actually a lot of little changes you can make that add up over time. So as I go through these things with you, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. I also don't want you to feel like I could never do this. It's too much. I want you to pick one to three things off of this list that you can start doing that are going to contribute to you being able to sleep better. And I also want to just encourage you guys in my own journey of little changes over time, like I I have my nutrition and my sleep um, and my exercise pretty dialed in right now, but I didn't do it over the course of, of six months. I didn't do it in a 30-day challenge. I did, actually, it took me about three years of experimenting and making small changes that led to big change over time to get to the place I'm at today. And um, I just want to say you can start with just one of these things, one or a handful of these things, and that is a success. So, sleep, let's talk about what you can do, basic things that are scientifically proven not just somebody's idea, but actually backed up with research of things you can do to help you improve your sleep. So we'll start with the morning. Getting a good night's sleep actually starts in the morning. Wake up at the right point in your sleep cycle. Now there's devices and apps that can help with this, um, that can actually help you wake up when you're in the right point of your sleep rhythm. And as it gets dialed in for you and you start, you'll start, you'll get to a point you just can naturally wake up on your own without an alarm or, um, those of us that have small children, you're laughing at me right now because this isn't realistic for you. Acknowledged, so you wake up when your kids do. I get that. Um, but if you have control over waking up at the right point of your in your sleep cycle, then there's things that can help you do that. And if you can be awakened by light. Um, again, we don't always have control over this, but if it is something you do have control over, there's alarms you can get that slowly light up your room, and that is how you wake up and that can help you set start setting your circadian rhythms to support your melatonin levels to get you to a point where um your your body is in a natural rhythm and it's not fighting itself to wake up now once it's time to get up those of us with small children have the advantage get up and get moving don't hit snooze a bunch of times some of us don't have that option get up get your feet on the floor and get moving and find the sun. So when you get up and you've started getting moving, opening the blinds if the sun is up. Um, And you may work in in an environment where you're not exposed to a lot of natural light all day. If it's possible, look into getting um, a light that produces or mimics natural daylight that can help you, like I said, set that melatonin release Um, And that daily rhythm for you so that you're tired at the right time and you're awake at the right time. Another thing you can look into changing is being careful about your alcohol and your caffeine. I know, two sacreds, right? I just touched on them. So no caffeine after 2 p.m. is a good starting point for experimentation. Uh oftentimes if I drink too much caffeine, I can go to sleep just fine, but I don't stay asleep. I wake up during the night a bunch of times. Um and that that's a flag for me that I've had too much caffeine or I've had it after two. Two o'clock's two o'clock is a good starting point. You can play with yourself and figure out, play with your own rhythms and with caffeine and figure out what works, do a little bit of experimenting, and um, decide when you need to stop drinking caffeine during your day. Some people don't ever need to, some people like me are sensitive to it and need to stop earlier than two. Then also, alcohol. You, If you're having more than one to two drinks at night, that's going to interfere with your sleep. So, it actually messes up your sleep rhythms, so you you really also it can make you wake up and have to pee, which isn't good for your sleep rhythms either. Um, so limit all of your fluids and really be conscious about how much alcohol am I drinking, especially before bedtime. A glass can help you unwind, but if it's excessive, it's going to start interrupting with your sleep, interrupting your sleep patterns. Exercise. I'm going to touch on this one a lot more. It's going to get its whole ep- its whole own episode, but exercise is. Amazing for setting your body and resetting your body um, to healthy sleep patterns. Uh, Eating, also going to hit on nutrition a lot more extensively in an additional episode. But for now, I'm just going to say a small to medium-sized dinner. If dinner is your biggest meal of the day, there's a possibility that it is interfering with your uh, sleep because you're digest. It's taking a lot of energy for your body to digest that food while you're sleeping, and it can mess up your sleep patterns. Also. Clearing your mind. For some people, this can be extremely helpful to clear your mind before you go to bed. If you're laying in bed and your mind is racing, even having a pad and paper next to the bed so you can write down the things that are weighing on you and not have to tell yourself to remember them and then let them go for the night, that can be helpful. And also, here's the kicker, guys, the big fancy one. Try starting with this one. Go to bed. <laughs> go to bed and give your you know when you have to get up in the morning give yourself 30 minute window to fall asleep and then go to bed so that you have enough time to sleep 7 to 9 hours now you may be laughing and thinking you're crazy 9 hours I'm never going to get there i want you to be encouraged that adding even 30 minutes to your current amount that you're sleeping can make a big difference and I want to remind you guys, I'm not asking or even even suggesting that you make all of these changes this week. I'm saying pick one, two to maximum three changes that you could make that could help you improve your sleep patterns and your sleep habits. So getting in bed 30 minutes before you need to fall asleep to hit your seven hour minimum or just to add 30 minutes to your current average sleep time at night. And when you're, Once you're in bed and you're allowing yourself to unwind, there's a few more things you can do to your sleeping environment to kind of dial in what's best for you, but I want you to, and I'll touch on those in a second, but really focusing on the things I just listed previously, picking a couple of those if there are areas that you're like, mm, yeah, I could improve in that area, I'm going to try that. Do those things first get that dialed in, experiment with what's working, what not, what's not working. And then there's some second tier actual like sleeping environment, fancy way to say what you're doing in your bedroom, things that you can do in your bedroom, in your actual sleep environment that will help you sleep better. So those things like are second tier. So these things I'm going to tell you about can help but you should be focusing on the other things first. Now these second tier things, if you've got the stuff up above dialed in, you're actually getting in bed early enough to let yourself get some sleep, the amount that you want to increase it by, and you're still really struggling, consider um, some basic things, like don't look at your electronics when you're in bed. Make your bedroom, maybe you, you need to have your phone next to you at night, but you you don't necessarily need to have it face up and playing on it. Give yourself some limitations, and don't look at your electronics. Um, Try to, you may watch TV to unwind, but give yourself 30 minutes of no TV on to just read and the blue light from our electronics often stimulate or often inhibit the um, production of melatonin and make it so we don't feel sleepy. So giving yourself a you know some time before bed without having a screen in your face is very helpful for allowing your body to relax and be sleepy. As is taking a bath or shower at night. Some people really find that that warm water is relaxing and it sets the stage nicely for sleep. And your bedroom itself um, should be a quiet and organized place that doesn't stress you out. Like sometimes my bedroom gets out of control and my poor husband has to <laughs> suffer through. He's He doesn't do this. This is all me. There can be clothes flung everywhere. And that's not stre- that is not uh, a peaceful environment for him or for me, honestly. So taking the time to pick up my room like a big girl and keep things straightened up can really help make an environment that we want to be in at night and that feels relaxing. And if you live by barking dogs, a lot of street noise, consider a white noise machine or just running a fan uh, in your room at night can really, really help cut down on the distractions that can keep us awake as we're trying to slip into that sleep. Um, also setting a good temperature for your room is helpful some people like to sleep warm some people like to sleep cold uh, 67 degrees is a good place to start see if you can play with that thermostat thermostat and figure out what works for you and then Also making your room as dark as possible are Some as a good option. There's ways that you can do that. There's blackout curtains You can actually put things over your windows if you need to um, and again with that said, those tweaks to your sleeping environment, those are second-tier things. Focus on what I talked about earlier on in the podcast first. And most importantly, I want your takeaway to be not that you need to make all these changes at once, but that you need to do pick one or two to focus on, maybe three, and start work working on those and making those changes. And then... It's not going to feel so overwhelming or impossible to change your sleep habits. You're not changing everything all at once. You're changing a couple things. And reevaluate. Is this working for me? Am I sleeping better? And give it, you know, give it a fair amount of time. Don't do it for two days and decide it doesn't work. Give it a shot for four weeks and see are these changes actually working? Do they matter? Is it something worth continuing to do? And let's not lose sight of the point of all of this is this feeding my feeling of burnout am i evaluate am i feeling better and i don't want to underestimate i don't want you to underestimate what a difference adequate sleep makes in your emotional state you can go to sleep completely stressed out how many of you have experienced this i sure have You go to bed stressed out about something that feels like it it weighs a million tons on your shoulders, and you wake up after a decent night's sleep, and you reevaluate the situation, and you can see it from a different angle. It doesn't feel as heavy anymore. You have new perspective. All of these factors play into our. feelings of and the reality of burning out professionally. So address sleep, figure out some changes that you can make, not too many at a time, and give yourself permission to be on this journey that's going to take not, it's not a two-week fix, it's not a 60-day challenge, it's a process of figuring out lifestyle, sustainable lifestyle changes that are going to play out over time to really get you to a point where you are operating at your best physically because you're taking good care of yourself. So today we talked about sleep. We're also going to touch on nutrition and exercise. And I am hoping that you guys find this information and find these tips helpful and not overwhelming and take them one or two at a time and apply them and evaluate. So until next time, manage like a leader. Have a great day. Talk to you again soon.